Hello everyone, this is episode number 128 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is May 14th, 2019. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is Gene Totoro. Nice, nice. How's it going, Jay? It's going pretty good. How's life? Actually, uh, pretty good here it's too. great, and I'll talk about why in a few minutes. Why don't you go ahead and tell us? No, no, that's that's coming up later. It's coming oh, up later? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I don't have anything interesting to talk about, so you want to jump into uh, news then? Sure. What do you got? I got a few things. I can say my favorite one for last. It's not It's not even classic related, but um, I will, uh, but, I'm, but it's still the best thing, so I'm going to save it for last. Uh, the first thing that I have in that case is the, the first person shooter horror game from 1997, Blood, uh, is getting a re-release, or I'm sorry, it has been re-released on GOG. It is, uh, the re-release, it's, the re-release version is called Blood Fresh Supply, and I don't actually remember exactly <laughs> what the difference, oh, what the difference, okay, here we go. Blood Fresh Supplies Enhancements, uh, updated engine, DirectX 11 support, blah, blah, blah. Anti- so it looks like basically like a lot of graphical stuff. High-res, V-Sync. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Uh, there's It looks like there's a co-op mode and stuff like that. So just some little updates. But uh, that's out on GOG now. It is Blood Fresh Supply. Uh, what's next? Do you know ah. much about that, or like what? Or no, I don't. It was a. Uh, I rem- I kind of remember the game. I don't. I never played it. It's kind of like a crazy. It's it's sort of similar to Doom, but um, a little bit more focused on like instead of just like oh uh, let's be badass and go kill some demons. It's like oh shit, let's create some really creepy looking bad guys. And uh, give you like crazy things to kill them with. Like one of the things you can, one of the weapons you can get is a um, like a like a hairspray can, and you're holding a tor- like a like a flame in front of it. And one of the things you can get yeah. is a uh, uh, like a voodoo doll that you stab to to attack the enemies with. So interesting. Yeah, it's a little bit kind of a more stylistic. Uh, and it looks kind of like uh, gameplay wise, it looks a little bit more like uh, like Duke Nukem than Doom, just as far as kind of like the engine goes. Um, Final Fantasy VII remake got a new trailer. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, was, I actually looked pretty cool. I thought so too. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. It looked similar. Like it, it was the battle system that I think everybody kind of expected to see full blown. Um, I think the voice actors for a lot of the characters sounded good. Barrett's was a little bit weird, but I think the rest of them seemed pretty okay for mm-hmm. her, the characters. I thought it was pretty awesome. The I didn't notice Barrett's voice. I didn't. I mean, I, we already knew this, of course, but I was reminded how they have kind of like the the emo cloud, or maybe not super emo, but at least kind of emo. You know? No, you're right. It is. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's that's unfortunate, that's but it's also. Thanks expected yeah absolutely i i'm i'm excited i mean I'm, you know i'm gonna kind of put it into its own category and be like okay it's you know final fantasy 7 dash 2 or something like you know it's not gonna do anything to the original one for me right right and then uh the only other thing well i'm sorry before my, my favorite thing the other classic gaming related thing is there's a trailer for the new uh, medieval game i don't know if it's just called i don't remember if it's called um yeah, it looks like it's just called Medieval. 
There was a uh, play, uh, medieval was a PlayStation game that came out in uh, apparently 1998, and it's um you play. I don't know if you have you ever seen this game. You play as like a skeleton, and you're kind of so. you're kind of going around like it's kind of like a hack and slash game, and you're also kind of. I don't think you're necessarily leveling up, but you are buying new gear and stuff like that along the way. It's, it's a little bit cartoonish, but a little bit, uh, it's kind of like a, it's not like Diablo, but it is sort of hack and slash RPG ish. Um, but it's more like kind of like an action RPG, I guess is, is how I would explain it. Um, it was a pretty cool game. I, I didn't own it, but I played a little bit. One of my friends played it a lot. And uh, it's a really cool game. So they are coming out with a, I guess like not not a re-release or but basically a remake. It sounds like of uh, of medieval. And I don't know when that's coming out, but they did release a trailer for it. Uh, it's coming out on PS4, and the new one looks really good. It looks actually super faithful to the original as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's, it's kind of a, it looks really cool in that it's kind of taken a uh, old classic kind of gameplay approach like the gameplay looks exactly the same it doesn't look like a lot of the the newer stuff that's on consoles it looks more like oh you're just controlling a guy and you're running around hacking people up more like thing like a little bit more a little bit more simplistic i guess uh it looks really neat i think my favorite piece of news um in xbox's uh terms of service for okay they're community standards for xbox live okay this was this was brought to light uh, by Kutaku. <laughs> Someone there noticed this, and they wrote an article about it. And so I pulled it up. And so Xbox released like a new set of community standards uh, for Xbox Live. Things you're allowed to do, not allowed to do, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, it's got some of the basics. Be a good sport. Sure. It says rem- here, this is under conduct. Remember, win or lose, be a good sport. Did someone have a great game? Let them know. You are the community. A little bit of trash talk is okay, but keep it clean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, are they serious right now? They're being serious. Yeah, this is, uh, totally serious. Uh, and Jesus. it gets better because it's serious. So then like, there's some, keep it legal. Like it says, for example, don't build a club around illegal drug use. <laughs> Send messages that encourage underage drinking. <laughs> What? <laughs> Create activity feed posts that promote criminal gangs. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, uh, they... What? Upload, <laughs> don't upload custom gamer pics that show animal abuse. Uh, don't tell other players to quote KYS <laughs> or commit self-harm. Do you know my brother? Uh, speaking of that, one of my friends was kept saying KYS in a league game, uh-huh. and he got reported. And so he was say, he responded to the t- the thing with, <laughs> "I meant to say." Uh, it, he's like, "I don't know why I'm getting banned." I was telling people to keep themselves safe. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Keep yourself safe." Oh, my God. Uh, oh, here's don't use the flag of a terrorist organization as your club's profile pic. <laughs> Okay. Fuck, dude. How disconnected are you? So, um, let's see. This is the group of people that will do exactly what you tell them not to do. Let's give them ideas. Here are some more don'ts. Um, don't respond to someone's smack talk with sexual slurs. (laughs) Make a club. Don't make a club grounded in ethnic hatred. So these are. Oh, don't don't threaten someone with physical assault after an intense game. So. 
Uh, where's the the good part? Um, that's not the good part. That's not the good part. They have specific examples of. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is for. Uh, it says know the difference between <laughs> trash talk and harassment. We get it. Gaming can be competitive, and interactions with other players can get heated. A little trash talk is an expected part of a competitive multi of of competitive multiplayer action and that's not a bad thing but hate has no place here and what's not okay is when that trash talk turns into harassment um let's see trash talk includes blah 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 so they have uh <laughs> they have a, a list of uh examples of taking trash talk too far and then they have alternatives for what is an okay example of the same type of of message, okay? You ready for these? Uh-huh. Alright, here's an example of taking it too far. Get, in brackets, sexual threat. <laughs> Can't believe you what? thought you were on my level. In other words, get fucked. Yeah. Uh, the acceptable version of that is, get destroyed. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. Uh, going too far looks like, hey, in brackets, profanity, <laughs> that was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked, trash. <laughs> the acceptable version is, that was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked. Uh, here's another bad version. Going too far. Only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping. KYS, kid. <laughs> That's something I would say. The acceptable version is only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping. Try again, kid. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is, okay, I think more. we get that. No, two more. Oh, two more. God. Uh, going too far looks like cheap win. <laughs> totally expected from a brackets racial slur oh my god what the fuck like these are so specific well i, I love the acceptable answers because it's literally the same sentence the same just thing. One word. Like, i know i know uh the the acceptable version of that is cheap win come at me when <laughs> this is really weird cheap win come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road <laughs> what i don't know all right last one uh Going too far looks like you suck. Get out of my country. Maybe they'll let you back in when your KD is over one. Wow. The acceptable version is that the same sucked. Thing, watch. <laughs> that sucked. Get good and then come back when your KD is over one. You, you realize that, like they're encouraging. Like at that point, people will be like, "Oh, I can talk shit." Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus. It says, be yourself, but not at the expense of others. <laughs> Which is actually kind of a good way of saying it. It is, but I mean, whatever. That's insane. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was really funny how they had all these very specific examples. Um, so anyway. But now, you wonder, now you know, Jay, what you're allowed to say on uh, Xbox Live, okay? Yeah, yeah. My Xbox Live story is is pretty good. So I got Xbox Live so I could buy Rock Band songs like ten years ago, and Rock Band was still a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I get the Rock, I get Xbox Live, 
and I sign up for a month and then I find out that they're charging me for every month and then I call to cancel it and they're like, no, you have to go the full year. And I'm like, when I signed up, it literally said month to month. And she's like, yeah, month to month for a year. I'm like, do you understand <laughs> the difference between month to month and annual? And I was like, okay, so I escalated beyond her. I'd escalate two times to get to the guy who could do it. He instantly undid it. And I'm just like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Like, and I've never gone back since then. Well, like, so this is early on. And it was, it was, um, re- I think it was really expensive at the time too, because it was just when it started. It was like, I don't remember exactly how much it was. Yeah, I remember it was, it was like 10 bucks a month, I think, when it first started. Yeah, something it like that. Like, and when it first came out, there wasn't a whole lot on there. Like, it was not mm-hmm, worth no. $10. The the game that that uh like the first game that had Xbox Live support was um Mech Assault I think right or like Mech Warrior or like oh, one of the games yeah I think I only got it for Rockman and the best part is I I had to have a subscription in order to buy songs from them yeah or, isn't that awesome when I when I had it also I bought um Fantasy Star Online mm-hmm. and for Fantasy for Fantasy Star Online not only did you have to have Xbox Live subscription but you had to have a Fantasy Star Online subscription as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. That sounds like some old horse shit. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, now we all understand how to be good citizens on Xbox Live. I hope everybody takes that to heart. Yeah, you don't have to do that in real life, though. You're allowed to just, like, flip people <laughs> off the second you see them. And sh- <laughs> you're in here. All right, Jay, you said you, said you had a, something to talk about. Yeah, of course. Did you not see? I don't... I guess not. Oh. God, Robert. Like, what are you, Patrick Star? Hey, hey, that, hey, that's the acceptable version. That is, <laughs> go, hey, fuck <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> My version was worse. My initial version was worse. Um, Blizzard gave a release date for Classic. Speaking of classic news, August oh, no. 27th. Oh no, no, it's fine. That's no, good. August twenty seventh. Um, they put out some pretty good details. So they apparently flew a bunch of people down who were personalities within the community. And I, I don't know if they showed them the project or had them test beta, uh, but then a bunch of them were tweeting like, these really cryptic things. Like some guy took a picture of a vanilla Coke and he was like, you know, talk to me on Wednesday or something like that. Like, like all these people were right. doing like hints at it. And ultimately they announced it today and they announced a few things. So they announced that when, so, so Blizzard, uh, Classic WoW ended with Noxramas, which is the final raid. Amazing, amazingly cool raid. And that was the end of Vanilla. So Noxramas finished, and then you essentially just waited until the expansion started. They said that at a certain point, they may look at adding new content into Classic, which oh, no. is very interesting to me. It's going no, no, it, to be the end of the okay. world. Here's the thing. No, that's fine. That's like, if they do it well, if they do it right. No, I'm not saying, that. my point is like the globe's productivity is going oh, to. Oh, yeah, 100,000%. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they talked about that. It seems like they understand for the most part, the integrity of the project, they addressed a few issues that people are complaining about. And then they said they may continue to remake all of the expansions beyond this first one or beyond the initial uh, game, just to kind of keep it going again, almost like a soft reset. So it seems like Blizzard knows what they're doing August 27th, technically still kind of summer. They said uh, summer 2019, it's a little bit late for, for summer, but shit, I'll give it to them. It's, you know, hundred and something days away. So uh, very excited, looking forward to it. I don't think I'll play the beta at all. They said they're going to do some beta tests and some stress tests and stuff. So I think I'm just going to stay away from it. But um, yeah, I was very excited. I was really looking forward to today just to see uh, what they had to say. So did you 
salivate basically for an hour straight after you heard about this? How's it work? How's it work? And I'm like, I was like, uh, I knew it was going to happen at eight because somebody kept saying eight o'clock. So eight o'clock rolled around. I refreshed and it was like, boom, it was there. And I was like, oh my God, they actually said the date. Like they, it, I thought they were going to talk about the project and you know how much they love the community and blah, all that other bullshit. But no, they were just like, hey, here's the release date. Here's the project. You know, enjoy essentially. I was like, oh, okay. I'm very excited. Well, it seems like they're doing the right thing. I'm, I'm very excited. I already put it, I put the time off at work. I was at work. So I was Did like, you oh. really? Oh yeah, immediately went to the calendar, blocked two weeks off. You know you need to um, start, the. you need to put in for the day off starting the day after it releases, right? Because the servers are going to be fucked. It's Blizzard, and they have had enough experience now to where their newest expansions don't generally have that problem anymore. Uh, And even if that does happen... but... Even if that does happen, it doesn't matter. I'll be in Discord with my friends, and I'll just play auto chess or something. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I I have plenty of other things to do. You know what, um... I may just jump in and play with you because uh, I'll probably jump up since I never played it. I'll want to play it just mostly for the sake of the podcast. And um, I may, uh, I may, I may take off of my own work and and do some shit. Um, Yeah. I'd be more than happy to. I will be going at a pretty steady pace, but I'd be more than happy to give you tips and tricks and stuff. There's some stuff that um, I've actually been thinking about making content for it a little bit because uh, I know a lot about it and there's just a lot of like interesting things that I've learned throughout the past five years of playing that I, know. um, that I know there's certain okay. things that I've like experienced and done in the game that I think people would be really interested in. One of the, like, the, the things that this is well known, this isn't something I know that, that I knew, but, uh, one of the cool things is like, I'm going to make a human character, right? And humans generally ride horses and wow. And then on the same faction of Alliance, you have dwarves, which ride these, um, excuse me, they ride rams. Um, and then you have the gnomes, which are engineers. They ride these mechano striders. They're kind of like these like bird-looking robot things. And then the night elves ride cats, saber cats. And if you play a human, there's this really, really cool thing you can do is as soon as you log in the first time, you run your happy ass all the way to the night elf starting area, and you start leveling in the night elf starting area forward and just kind of you know level as you would normally. And when you hit the level where you can get your first mount, you, you have enough from doing all the quests in that area to get the night elf mount. And it's really cool looking because it's like a human on this big ass saber cat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, I'm on board. So that was one of the things my, my buddy and I have been talking about. We were just kind of testing it out and figuring out the right paths and stuff. That sounds sweet. So, definitely looking forward to it. If anybody is interested in playing it, um, they, they, I believe they said you have, I, I don't know what they've said about the actual subscription for it. I know there is going to be a paid subscription to play it. I don't know if you have to have purchased the last expansion. I think so. I think they've talked about it, but I already have it. So I didn't really like register it in my brain. But if anybody is playing, um, definitely reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to let you know what server I'm playing on so I can kill you. Um, do you get to use, do you get to pick a, a specific name for your character or is it whatever your battle net? No, you is? get to pick a name. Okay, nice. I just had, I just had a, I just had one come to me that I'm going to, that I'm going to try to grab. Perfect. Yeah. You choose a character, you choose a race, you choose a class, you name your character, you choose which sex you want and then you log yes, in. Yes, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, please. Yeah, super excited. Uh, I've been waiting for this for quite a while now, and it's actually crazy. I, I can't believe it's already May. I, I know I always talk about the date every time we do the podcast, but we're halfway through May. This year is going by so fucking quick. Yeah, it actually, is. insane. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very All excited. Right. So, thank you for the W O W update. Update. Let's go. Yeah, got gotcha. <laughs> you. Uh, games that we've been playing. I played Mario sixty four. Oh, did you really? Yep. Oh, man. My brother and I have been talking about playing this again. Fuck. 
This is the first Nintendo 64 game that I have played for the podcast. Wow. And it's one of the first ever made, right? It's the first. Is it the very first? I wasn't sure if they had like some like sports game that was first. Okay. No, um, the launch library was this and... Quest 64? No, this and Pilot Wings, I believe. Pilot Wings, damn. Wasn't it? We've talked about this like... Yeah. We've talked about it like five times and every time we forget what the other one was, but it was two games. We're getting older, Robert. The the launch, it launched with only two games. It was this and Pilot Wings. Interesting. So, so, uh, that's it. What'd you play? Shut your mouth. Talk about, (laughs) talk about... Dude, how amazing is the music in that game for, for like Uh, an N64 game? I was gonna bring that up yeah the music is maybe like the best i can't think of a mario game that has better music actually sunshine is very comparable to me sunshine has some really good tracks yeah i've really enjoyed playing sunshine i haven't played that i'll have to check that out uh super mario odyssey had amazing music i still don't think that much of it i still don't (sighs) think it quite um is up to par with mario 64 and of course (laughs) there are plenty of you know like like Obviously, Mario 1, that is, that's classic. The music on that is classic. Oh, yeah. Mario 2 had, honestly, fantastic music. Yeah, it Mario did. It actually really did. God damn, you're right. Yeah. Um, all of them have great music. I mean, the, the fucking the Game Boy Mario had amazing music even. Yeah, even for like how low quality it was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I, but I just think this, even with all of that competition, the music here is best. It's got typical Mario music, but it also has a lot of uh, slower music that's really, really, really good as well. So, yeah, right off the bat, amazing music. Yeah, I think it sets the tone for a lot of levels, too. It's, it's, it's one of those things that it really, if the music wasn't to the quality, it would. I don't think the game would be as engrossing from like a visual standpoint, because I feel like the music adds just another layer on top of it. Yeah, I just know right? my knee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I fucking hate that. No, but I think you're right. Um, and so, okay, so aside from the music, the, um, I guess the thing that stands out the most would be the level design. So all of the, it's just the level design throughout most, I wouldn't say all the game. There, there are some levels that maybe are a little bit frustrating in their layout. Water levels. But, uh, yeah, but the level design is really cool. This was the first Mario game that wasn't just, you start here and you end here. Um, because this was a 3d Mario. So they took full advantage of the 3d aspect of the game. And it wasn't just, you got a start point and you're getting to the end. It was, we're going to drop you in this kind of miniature little world and you run around and play around and go kind of whichever direction you want almost and try to, uh, and just kind of see what there is and try to, so you're, if you haven't played Mario 64, the whole idea of the game is you're collecting stars in each level. So there is a, uh, you're at uh, Princess Peach's castle, but Bowser has taken it over. And of course he's kidnapped Peach and you're there to try to, uh, to try to save her. And throughout the castle, there are all these rooms in which, and within these rooms, there's, there's a giant picture in each room. And what you do is you jump into the picture and the picture is of a level. You jump into the picture and then you go to the level for that picture within each level. There are various stars that you can collect and that you have to collect. Uh, And you don't have to get every star in the game, but you have to get a certain number of stars to open subsequent doors and then go through and like advance through the castle and play, you know, and find more levels to get more stars. And that's, that's kind of the whole process of the game is like, oh, here's this big locked door. 
it won't let you through until you have, you know, 15 stars or 30 stars or something like that. So you, so you go through the levels that you can access, get as many stars as you can. And then when you get enough, you can go through that door and move on and so on and so forth. So, uh, the gameplay is, is really well built around that. And the 3d aspect of it is very well built around that. Again, in that there's not just a beginning and an end. You get to explore, you get to kind of like check out all the nooks and crannies of every level, look for secrets, look for stars. Uh, typically there's like, I don't know. I don't think there's the same amount in every level. I think it kind of ranges from like five to even seven stars in a level, something like that. Is that I, think right? little, there, I think there could be more than seven because you can get the hundred coin star too. Each level. Okay. Oh right. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one there is a start that you get for getting collecting a hundred coins in the level, and also there's red coins. There's the eight red coins in each level. You get a star for collecting all those. And then some stars are just in like kind of hard to get spots. Or some you kinda of have to do like little mini missions. Like there's just one on an ice level. Yeah, there's a there's a ba- there's a baby penguin who's lost. And if you get him back to his mom, then like the mom no, gives you a you star. Always throw him over the edge. <laughs> You chuck that fucker right off the edge. And then sometimes there's bosses on the levels. Uh, and if you beat the boss, then that gives you a star and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's it's really cool playing through the level and just kind of and, and exploring and seeing what all kind of different stuff is on each level. Uh, the, only, uh, the only bad thing about the way that was implemented is every time you get a star, then it kicks you out of the level and you, ha- and yep. you have to go back in. So it kind of makes it a little bit annoying because you can't just like run around and, and grab and, you know, try to kind of see like, oh, here's another star. I'm going to grab this and then go this, get this one. It's like, oh, here you got a star. Now you got to start all over to go find yeah, another star. There, There is one thing about that. When you are doing a set one, like if you're going for one that is titled like, you know, on the water or something like that, it'll usually start you in a position that I believe is more advantageous to getting that one. It's like well, it'll I think organize it, the level that makes it a little bit easier. I think. I think what it. I think what you may be thinking of is, you, basically always actually start off in the same spot, but there are some where. So, um, just to back up a little bit, when you uh, go when you jump into a painting, it shows a list of all the stars you've gotten, and, then it, sh- oh, yeah. okay. and then it shows whichever one is the next one that you haven't gotten yet. And each star has a title, and the titles are kind of like clues as to where the star might be. So it might be like on top of the mountain, and like so that one might be e- like that one would be easy. It's like oh, on top of the mountain. Uh, so you can kind of use those to help you figure out where they are. But back to what you were saying, there there is one instance on the on one of the water levels where if you talk to if you find Toad somewhere, there, Toad is kind of like throughout the castle on this during this whole time and if you find him he, you can talk to him and sometimes he'll just straight up give you a star he's like oh i found this he gives it to you sometimes he kind of just gives you advice on some of the levels one of the levels he says oh hey if you if you do a high jump into the picture then the water starts off at a different level so on that particular water level if you high jump into it then you start off kind of in a basically in a different spot than you would otherwise but i think i could be wrong i think otherwise you always do start off in the same spot. Mm. Um, so there's that. There's a lot of variety on the levels. There's underground levels. There's water levels. There's ice levels. There's lava levels. There's regular kind of like outside levels. There's levels with mountains. There's desert levels. There's, I mean, honestly, they did a really good job of just providing. There's haunted mansion levels of, of providing a, 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 a really good variety. 
of the different types of levels that there are. Um, I think it's especially impressive that they did such a good job with the general gameplay, um, especially considering this is the first 3D Mario game. This, this is one of the first 3D platformers, period. And they really did a very good job of actually making it a fun game and not just making the 3D be a gimmick, you know? Uh, yeah. They really utilized it well. And I think a lot of that goes back, again, to having the levels be a little bit more open and nonlinear. Um, and it was also an interesting idea to... And I, I, this all sort of ties in still, but having multiple goals per level where it's like you don't just have one thing that you're supposed to do per level. It's, you can, There's a reason to keep going back and exploring them a little bit more. It's actually going to help you advance in the game by doing so. They, they reward exploration. Also, another thing they did really well is just like Super Mario World, there are a ton of secrets in the game. Yep. There are secrets inside levels. There's secrets outside levels. There's secrets at... at at every in every aspect of the game basically uh so you know obviously first place is within levels sometimes there's little hidden little things that are kind of hard to find and there might be a star there or maybe even like a a power-up of some sort but then beyond that there's also secrets inside the castle itself so even when you're so when you're running around the castle going from one level to the next there are even secrets at that level, there might be something that like on some spots, there might be a, a wall, but that actually is treated like a painting, like a wall that it doesn't have the painting on it, but you can jump through it. And it turns out that there's a level there or there's, Oh, Hey, here's this like secret door that takes you to this other place or, Oh, Hey, there's a way to drain all this water out of this, out of the moat. You know, how do I do that? And then like the, the stuff that you get, once you do that, there's, just lots of lots of little things like that. There's also kind of there's there's some ghosts in the in the back of the castle, and there's even kind of a uh, a secret involving the ghosts. Like if you do one specific thing, then you get to go to like a whole new level through that way. So that's really cool that they have levels. You know, not only uh, they have secrets not only within levels but within like the larger kind of essentially map of the game. Um, the only thing that uh that I that was not done well and I'll I'll give them a pass on this again since it was such an early 3D game is the camera. The camera yeah. is straight up bad a lot of the time. The controls are actually really good. Excuse me. The controls are actually really good, but the camera itself there are so many times and it seems to happen especially when like there's very specific platforming that needs to p- take place or you have to walk on a really narrow, you know, piece of wood or something like that without falling. The camera just gets fucked and gets stuck behind things or it's looking at you at an angle that's not very helpful or it's kind of in a way where everything is just straight up blocked and all you can see is maybe like the back of Mario's head or something like that. Uh, it, it's uh, you're constantly wrestling with it and you can control the camera with the uh, with the C buttons. Mm-hmm. but a lot of time, a lot of the time it doesn't really help. And you kind of have to, you really kind of have to keep mashing one direction and hope it'll kind of like swirl around just the right way. So maybe just for a second, you can kind of get an, a better idea of what's going on, but uh, it is really rough for a, a lot of the game. Um, overall, 
I would say this is comparable to Super Mario World. It's not as good as Super Mario World, but it feel to me it feels like an equal jump from Super Mario World as Super Mario World was from Super Mario Brothers Three. Just as far as the type of ideas they they, they incorporate into the gameplay and like the amount of new stuff and, and cool stuff that's in there, um, it is a big leap beyond Super Mario World. But strictly gameplay speaking. I would say that Super Mario World definitely is uh, the better game. But this one did a fantastic job of kind of exploring a whole new space. Uh, I guess literally speaking, literally and figuratively for uh, for, video, for video games. It's a good comparison. I like that. <laughs> Any thoughts? No, I think you nailed on the head. The one thing I was going to talk about was the secrets, which you talked about pretty extensively. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent game. The controls are a little wonky, especially if you haven't played it um, you know, back in the day and are a little bit accustomed to it. And like you said, the camera angles... At times, can be really frustrating, and the the controls are kind of stiff because you know you you character can only jump certain directions, uh, which can get pretty annoying at times. But other than that, it's a fantastic game. Uh, one 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 little thing, one kind of annoying thing <clears throat> is the little signs that you have to read throughout, and like they'll give you hints or like kind of just tell you little tutorial type stuff about you know how the game works. Basically, mm-hmm. you have to go up to them and press the punch button. Which is kind of funny. This is also the first game where Mario has a punch, like an actual like attack beyond just jumping or beyond power ups. But uh, you have to line up to them perfectly for it to actually read the sign when you hit the oh, punch yeah. button. Otherwise, ninety nine percent of the time you just walk up and try to read it, and he just punches the sign. <laughs> so that's a little bit annoying too. But uh, yeah, overall, great game. I didn't. I did not finish the game. I will say I did get a, a little tired of it after maybe. I probably put about five, six hours into it, maybe. Um, and I got decently far, but I did get to a point where I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. This was a good game. I'm liking it, but I don't really, I'm not really feeling, you know, another three or four hours. Yeah. Of it. I, th- I think I'm good. I had fun during that time, but I did not feel compelled to, to go on and, and, and complete the whole thing. All right, Jay, that's what I've got. For uh, this episode of the Classic right. Gaming Podcast. It was a great episode. Yeah, it, it was, was a great episode. episode. Wait, hold on. Real quick, I forgot to say when it came out. I'm looking it up. Mario 64 came out in... 1996. 1996. Yes, sir. Thank you. What's right. going on? How's life? Oh, uh, fine. How about yours? Yeah. That's good. I'm taking off this Friday, so... I'm uh, you know, already partway through the week, so it's always nice. Why don't you come back to my country when your KD's over one? Bitch. Oh wait, sorry. I keep forgetting I'm not supposed to say that. Can't say bitch. <laughs> um, anyways, back to the podcast. So for this episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast, I decided that I was gonna bend the rules and not play a classic game. No, actually, in all seriousness, what? I played listen. Uh, I played a game that I don't know why at the time thought was classic and then realized that it came out many years later and I think it's partially because of the graphics, and I don't know why. I was like, yeah, I remember this being for like PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. And I was like, wait, no, it was for PC. What am I talking about? But anyways, uh, this is Reseteer, which is a really, really, really fun game. Um, it's described as a role-playing game that also has... You're a, a store owner as well. So you have these RPG elements where there's like this dungeon, dungeon crawling aspect of it. Um, the dungeons, I believe, are generally random. And then on top of that, you also have this shop that you run that actually has a fixed amount of money that's owed at a certain amount of time. So that's kind of a quick overview. 
Now, the actual game is super duper fun. It's it's very anime, so it, which is kind of a little bit weird because you the main character is a girl you're playing, and she has this this fairy that follows her around, basically gives you it's like a guide or a tutorial throughout the game. And the characters all make a lot of anime noises, which is a little bit weird. And the music is also very weird as well. It's not that great. It's, the music's okay. The gameplay is fantastic. If you can get past all that and some of the chibi stuff that happens in the game, it's a fantastic <laughs> game. Um, so the way the game starts is you are given a loan. You're given a certain amount of money. And every seven days in game, you have to make a $10,000 payment in order to keep your shop. Um, as you are progressing through the game, you can level up. Uh, as a as a uh, merchant, I think is what it's called. I think that's what the actual class is called. Uh, but the main character has its own unique leveling system that unlocks different things. And then on top of that, when you're dungeon crawling, you hire somebody to to be your the person who's running the dungeon for you. And then you obviously control them and you move around and attack and kill creatures. And that person also has has experience that they can gain. And every time they they level, they get stronger. Kind of general kind of concept. Now I will I'll start with the dungeon part because I think that's sort of the minor part of it. I think the actual selling merchant aspect of it is the the bulk of it. So the dungeon crawling aspect of it. So you when you are in town, you can buy and sell items uh, at the merchant. So but you can also put them in your store to sell. And when you put items in there, people come in, they check them out, and offer you money, and then you can haggle with them. But the items that you buy, you can also give to a character to run dungeons with. So you can buy weapons, armor, items to use, different things like that. Um, and then you can give them to your actual character that's going to run in, run in the dungeon. We're going to call him John, right? So John's running the dungeon for you. You feed him a bunch of gear. Boom, you go into the dungeon. You start clearing it. You kill mobs. Uh, you level as you go through it. There's items you pick up. You have a limited amount of space. And then when you get to the end, you get like a, a super treasure for completing the dungeon. And if you die, then you leave the dungeon, right? Okay. And when you leave the dungeon, anything you have with you, you get to sell at your store. So you would essentially make 100% profit, right? Because anything you find costs you $0. Now, uh, as I blood, about, sweat, and tears, though, huh? True. Mainly tears. Uh, but also, I talked about before, every seven days, you have to make a payment. Otherwise, you lose the game. Uh, the payment is actually quite high. And the... Interesting part about it is there is a fixed clock, kind of like uh, Major's Mask, right? So every time you do a certain task, it takes up a certain amount of time for that day. And then you can basically, oh, you, I think you get kind of like three or four different segments per day that you get to use. So you can use like some of them to go do dungeoning. You can use some of them to just open your store for a couple hours and try to sell stuff. Uh, but essentially, that's kind of the, the more the meat and potatoes of the game is really this time constraint that you have. And the game is very challenging. The game is very brutal at times. So you run the dungeons, you get items, you go home, right? But then when you're in town, you can also buy or sell items. You can purchase other items from other vendors and then sell them in your store and try to make a profit. But when you buy something from somebody else and sell it, obviously your margin is much lower because, right, you had to buy the initial initial investment. So people come into your store. You have Your store is mapped out uh, almost like Animal Crossing. It's like these specific squares you can put items on. And certain, certain items are more likely to sell when they're in certain positions because they're in a certain amount of lighting and they're kind of in the front of your store. Right. And so people come in, they'll look at the items and be like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, how much do you want for it? And you are immediately uh, you're you're informed of the base cost of the item. And then you can just raise the price from there to try and get them to buy it. Generally speaking, you get two shots at bargaining before they just say like, oh, that's way too expensive. I'm going somewhere else or something like that. And so essentially the first time it's like, OK, I'm going to go really high. And then usually they're like, oh, that's way too much. Or they're like, hey, it should come down a little bit. And it kind of gives you a clue of like, OK, I'm not that far off. Right. But if you're off, it's kind of tough because you're like, oh shit, should I drop it down a lot? But then you're also like, I still need to make margin on this item, but also you don't want to have an investment sitting for too long. So it's like, shit. So you have to be very quick, right? Because you you want to keep the, the process going. So you're gotta like, okay. Move, gotta move that product. 
got to move that product, got to move that inventory. You got to make bank. So you make an offer, they say no, and then they leave and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But what ended up happening to me in a couple of my playthroughs and I kept doing it is I would get far into it and I would get like $8,000, which is a lot for the beginning of the game. And you need 10,000 for the payment. So like a day before I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy a bunch of really expensive items and just flip them real quick, right? Make a small, like five or 10% margin on each item. And what ended up happening is people would be like, I'm looking for armor. And I'm like, oh, fuck, hell yeah, this is perfect. I bought this piece of armor. Boom, I give it to him. And he's like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. How much for it? And you're like, uh, base cost plus 5%. I just want to make 5% because it's an expensive vitamin. 5% is a lot. He's like, oh, that's way too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. So then I do baseline. And he's like, oh, that's still way too much. And I'm like, oh, shit. I screwed oh, well. myself into a corner. So now I have these really expensive items that I can't sell. And I basically lose because I, I just, you can't flip them. And it's like, oh, shit. So I could take them. I could give them to my to John and I could run dungeons with them. You get the idea of the game. But the game is really, really well done. You start to figure out some of the patterns of the items and the characters. Certain characters are more willing and more flexible and have larger wallets, whereas some of the other characters, uh, not so much. And they're usually on the low end. Um, I will say there's some pretty questionable lines at times, though. Like there's a housewife that will come into your shop a lot and you'll like offer something to her and she'll be like, she basically implies that she's not stupid for being a housewife. Like <laughs> it's it's like whoa. Like I never said those words, but okay. Like <laughs> hey, just don't say uh, that on Xbox Live, and you're fine. True, that is very true. But uh, yeah, so so the overall the, the visualization of the game is okay. Again, it's very anime chibi esque. The music is it's okay. It's nothing memorable. But the actual gameplay is really fun. And the variance that the game creates from going from running the shop to going into these dungeons. And at times, people will like be like, "Hey, I I'm looking for this item." And you're like, crap, I don't have any of that. And then the next person will ask for a similar item. And you're like, crap, I don't have any of that. So then you have to go get specific items. And then you're hunting specific items to give to people. And the game just kind of expands on itself. And they do a great job of adding little pieces and segments to this basic meat and potatoes that ultimately make the game really enjoyable. And there's so much going on. And because you have this time constraint of only so many days before you have to make this large payment, it's an addicting game. It is really, really fun. And I played it a lot when it first came out. And I did not get that far. I, I did... I was very young at the time, so I really didn't under, didn't fully grasp the concept, and I was just kind of going through the motions. But this time, I've been very strategic, and I still lost because I'm still getting used to the game again. But it's a really fun game. I, this is something. It's it's like twenty bucks on Steam, I think, uh, is what I saw. It's a really really fun game. I've already spent a decent amount of time into it, and I'm definitely going to continue playing in it. Playing it, excuse me. But yeah, it's just a super duper fun game. Super duper. I actually played this a little bit about maybe a year and a half ago. Seems like. Oh, wow. Uh, that recent. Yeah. I think you actually talked about it on the podcast and I was like, I oh, so. that sounds kind of interesting. Like you, like you didn't play it for the podcast, but you just brought it up. Sure. And uh, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then it was on sale one day and I bought it and I actually didn't really care for it. I wow. did. I did. Like I did think that the overall idea of the game was cool. And I thought that the, uh, that the shopkeeping aspect of it was pretty good. Yeah. It's um, a nice addition to RPGs, right? Yeah. I think so too. To an RPG rather. But I got, but to me, the, um, the actual combat, which granted isn't the main part of the game, but it is maybe like half the game. Um, the combat was kind of lame to me. Yeah, I can actually, that is a good point. It's very simplistic because you only really have two buttons. So I can completely understand that, that idea that it really does get kind of repetitive. Yeah. And you do have like the, the combat is not perfect. You will, there'll be times when a mob's kind of sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm going to move up on this guy. And then he moves at you and hits you. And you're like, okay, dude, like, come on. Like you you don't have a lot of abilities that you can use or a lot of different uh, mechanics to the fighting. So at times it's like, 
I really don't have a play here, and it's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I really didn't like that, and that, I don't know, for whatever reason, kind of threw me off. I guess I think I was kind of, you know, the game was pretty good, but then the overall, but then I got that, and that was kind of lame. I, I wasn't, I didn't absolutely love the rest of it. I just thought it was, you know, pretty good. And so uh, I was just like, uh, meh, I'll just play some something else. How dare you. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Jay, thank you for your rundown of, yep. of is it is it Reseteer or Reketeer? I think it's Reseteer, but I don't know for sure. I just I've been told by people that it's Reseteer, but I, I don't know that for sure. I think that it might be Reketeer because at one point uh by the way, this has a ten out of ten on Steam. Uh just Wow. How many records? Uh four thousand six hundred and eleven. Holy shit. It's <laughs> a really fun game. So Maybe listen to Jay more than me on this one. But um, what, what, what were we just talking about? What was I just saying? <laughs> I don't know. You're asking me? No, you asked me something I was explaining, but then I was like... Oh, oh the name Reseteer. Oh, the, the name Reseteer. I think it's Reseteer because at one point, uh, it's very beginning, like kind of during the little tutorial stage of the game. Um, Who is it? There's like a fairy or somebody... The fairy that flies around. Yeah, yeah, she's helping you like get your shop started. She says something like, uh, oh, Reketeer, like, that's not the greatest name for a shop because it kind of sounds like Racketeer, but we'll just go with it. And I think the main character's name is like Reset or Raquette or something like that, too. I, I skipped a lot of the, the talking because it, it was it was informative, but also really chibi and just like, like I yeah. don't want to read this. Yeah, it is for sure. All right. So uh, anyway, there's Reketeer or Reseteer, however you wish to pronounce it. Jay? Let's yes, talk about, sir. Let's talk about top fives. Top five for this episode is, and you know what? I was thinking back on it. I didn't check this out, but I think we may have actually done this one before. Really? I think maybe. If, if or, it was, it has to be really old because I definitely don't remember this. Yeah, pretty old. Maybe not exactly the same. I'm really excited about this one, by the I way. Feel I like, had a lot of fun with oh, this. Oh, did you? I fucked around a lot on some of mine, but some of mine are like, I like this a lot. I got some pretty good ideas. Uh, I think I think this is going to be a good one. So our top five this time is um, collector's editions that we would have liked there to have been for classic games. And what's in the box? I'll go first, I guess. Sure. How about um, Fallout? Okay. Oh, no. It comes with a canvas bag. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> But then you I get it. The second you said it. <laughs> it's actually not. No, that's actually not my real one. That was okay. just my joke one. Uh, my real number five is. Real love mine, man. Holy shit. This is going to be fun. I is DOA Beach Volleyball. <laughs> okay. Is it a mouse pad with boobs? Uh, close. It's a, oh. bod- it's a body pillow with one of the, oh. uh, with one of the Jeez, DOA waifus. girls oh on gosh. it. Yep. Dude, people would definitely throw down on that. Hell, oh yeah. You've seen the um, I take it you you've seen the DOA one with the boobs mouse pad. Did I was I the one I've that seen that, that before? I've never seen it with DOA. I don't know if I've ever seen it with DOA. Aren't the boobs like gigantic? Like it wouldn't even work on your yeah, wrist. Yeah, it's like it's like a wrist pad. It's like wrist pad boobs that actually come up off the mouse pad. But yeah, it's like gigantic. It is it is big. What's so funny is I had a I had a mouse pad with one of those gel pads when I was younger, and I really liked it. But the problem was it was probably like an inch, not even an inch off of, off of my desk. 
you know, it kind of raised my wrist about an inch. Imagine those boobs. It raised more than that about an inch, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus. I would spin the mouse pad around for sure. Like, you can't play StarCraft with those mounds. You're, like, trying to go around. You're like, uh No, definitely not. Okay. Never mind. Anyways. Uh, my number five, you're going to love this. I have thought about this for a while. I thought I thought this would have been so funny. So when Blizzard released WoW, imagine if they would have sent hygiene kits as part of their collector's edition to all the players. Like imagine <laughs> if they sent something with like soap and shampoo and like mo- and like moisturizer and and nice. kits and just a bunch of stuff that <laughs> like people are just gonna forget about and sit in front of like keyboard, like maybe gamer gear, the stuff to clean out your your awesome gamer <laughs> gear. <laughs> Get the gamer gunk out of your keyboard and uh-huh. out of your mouse and stuff. Like, I think it'd be so funny if they just had like a care kit for like monitor cleaning and you know whatever else, like um, canned air or something, like to help keep your, your CPU active. Uh, but I, I think that'd be so funny. I think it'd be really clever, and I think people would actually enjoy it if they did it well. Like, if they actually did it in a in a genuine kind of fashion. That's a really good. That's a that's a really good one. Um, the second one is, and they've done this before in their other collector's edition, is I love when they give out art books. One of my buddies, whenever oh, yeah. the new Wild expansion comes out, he buys the he buys a real one, like a regular edition just to play, and then he usually buys a collector edition. And when I lived with him, he had some of the art books and the designs, like like the artistic, because everybody knows WoW is very cartoony and, and kind of, you know, everything's ridiculous. But the art that they did to design some of these creatures are horrifying. Like, it, that's, that the final product is cool and it's very WoW. And then you look at their original drawings and be like, Jesus, like that's the inspiration. It's it's super cool. So those two together, I think it'd be pretty choice. I'd pay 150 bucks for that. Would you? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah, you would. Probably. I don't, right. I haven't, but I maybe have. Okay, this just in, uh, and I'm linking. I'm linking it to you. Go to that timestamp in the video for the uh, this unboxing of the DOA six collector's edition. It's actually not boobs on the mouse pad. It's the butt. Oh my god! Look at those butt cheeks. It's <laughs> humongous. If you take the butt cheeks and turn them like horizontal, they can come. Oh, trust me, I'm turning them horizontal. Oh, okay. There's boobs and butt. If you play hit play, some of them have boobs. And some of them, it's butt cheeks. Oh my god, this incel! All right, let's keep going. I'll hey. get I'll get back to you in four minutes when I'm done watching this video. Four minutes, I'm done. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right, number four, Metal Gear Solid Three. I would like it to come with uh, the soundtrack to the game. Uh, and now that you say it, uh, I'd also like an art book on this. You can't just throw in the art book. I'm That's th- what I do. I'm throwing in the art book. Uh, but most importantly, it's going to come with a crocodile hat. Oh, man. Um, there is a reference to the game. Yeah, it's a reference to the game. There's a hat that you can get as Solid Snake, and it's a it's a crocodile cap. And he, he just wears like a fake crocodile head on his head. And it's to it's like it's it's like a sneaking tool. So you can go in swamps. And uh, and and you just look like <laughs> you just look like an alligator, but as you as you would expect, it's hilarious looking, especially if you have it on in cutscenes. <laughs> like here's here's uh here's what it looks like in game. It's loading. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a crocodile Dundee. You mean a literal? Crocodile no, it's head. a crocodile head as That's a hilarious. head. Yeah. What's so funny is I would be more prone to shoot you if you were in that hat. That would not blend in at all. No, but when you're in the sw- when you're swimming through swamp water, though, it just looks like there's a crocodile head on the top. I know. What I'm saying is I would shoot it even more because of oh, the you're crocodile. shooting it because it's a crocodile. I got you. There it is. Well, if you're shooting at every crocodile, though, you're going to waste all your ammo because there's a hundred of them. Interesting. In in the swamps. I like it. 
All right. All right. My number four, Kingdom Hearts. Now, hear me out. Okay. This okay, one's I can, specifically I can for you. I got you. So, first of all, it comes with a goofy stuffed animal or Donald. or Hopefully a uh, punching bag of some sort. No, no. Just you get you get yourself a goofy stuffed animal, right? But it has a pre-recording built into it. <laughs> and it, does the, it does the patented horror loose, the, the, the goofy... <laughs> so uh-huh. so you get that you can choose so i know you would want the goofy right i want the goofy yes. people want the donald but donald would obviously do that terrible noise he makes whenever he gets hit i can't even get close to doing it <laughs> well uh, i don't, I don't actually remember that is it just a basic donald noise it's like, just him screaming, screaming. It's like I'm, i can't like, do it but he got it's just him screaming and it's just terrible and he does it a lot that'd be great uh sora i don't really care what he would say maybe he just doesn't say anything yeah that's would, for the best yeah, I mean, that would be the emo thing to do anyways. Now, <laughs> here's the second part. The second part comes with eyeliner. So you get some young eyeliner so you could darken Ah, uh, here we go. Right? You got to get the eyeliner going. Comes with some hair gel and a styling guide of how to do your hair like Sora or Riku, depending on what your hairstyle or is. Or Cloud. Maybe a cloak. Maybe some sort of cheap cloak. And you got to get the, the Kingdom Hearts keychain. It's got to be the Keyblade keychain. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a rip. That's a rip off yeah. if you don't have the key. I already bought it, by the, the way. Key. <laughs> the key. Yeah, I thought that would be awesome. Very good one. I appreciate you uh, saving the goofy one for me. I, literally just for you. Yeah. All right, my number three is TIE Fighter. Fantastic game. One of the best games ever made. Yeah, I can't believe how much... I haven't played it. I've watched some videos, but god damn, people love that game. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, I think it would come with uh, like an Imperial patch, just like, like a Soan or Iron on patch. Uh, a soundtrack because even though I mean yeah it's basically just Star Wars music but they did a really good job with the music in that game and the way it transitions from one thing to another so I, I guess you gotta 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 have the soundtrack and then a uh, I think it would be awesome to have a pewter Tie Fighter statue. But would you buy that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. If it was actually if it was actually like a good pewter Tie Fighter statue, it's not like oh you get it oh, it's, oh sorry. Yeah. Due to the pewter shortage, uh, we had to make it out of plastic. As long as it was real, yeah, I would, I would, I would shell out basically whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, my next one. This is one of my favorites. I think my last three just honestly get better and better to me. But uh, number three, I'm gonna kill a bug real quick. Oh, I just crushed the shit out of that bug. Uh, nice is job. Luigi's Mansion. So Luigi's Mansion. Uh, maybe you get like a miniature vacuum cleaner, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> not like one, maybe like a, maybe just like a model of the one that you use in the Poltergeist 3000 from the game. Maybe just something that uh-huh. has like a detachable hose or whatever, you know, just a toy. Maybe you get yourself a young flashlight because flashlight's a big, big part of that game. Maybe you get an EGAD bobblehead, which is like the scientist. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, maybe you get some fake gold bars or gems. Cause like the gems and gold bars or, or pearls, maybe something, something that comes with it. Cause they're, they're really visually, they're cool in the game and it's kind of exciting. So it'd be kind of cool if you can get like a bag of assorted, uh, gems and bars and stuff. And then what I'd love most, this I love. So imagine if they gave you like a portrait of a boo and when you shift it to the left, it would disappear. If you shift it to the right, it would appear. <laughs> How cool would that be? That's Come on. perfect. You know what I'm talking about? That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's good. Cool. I like that one. That's a, that's a legitimate good idea. Thanks, man. All right. My number two is Twisted Metal. And it comes with the toy car of one of the Twisted Metal cars. Oh, dope. If you're choosing. Now, nah, they'd probably be like EA and they'd be like, you get one. And it's like not even a character <laughs> that's in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you don't get to pick. It's like a blind box. You get a micro machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
A transformer. Uh, I would go. Which which toy car would you would you want? Ooh, from that game. Mm-hmm. The first one. If you see anything Shit. besides uh, Sweet Tooth, you're incorrect. Wait, did you hear what I said? No. I said Sweet Tooth. Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought Sweet, Sweet Tooth is such was... a badass. Yeah, but I thought you were like literally uh, deathly afraid of clowns. I'm not. De- I, I don't like clowns. I'm not deathly afraid of them. Like I, I it. I can see clowns and not freak out. I just don't like them. It's okay. just creepy to me. But Sweet Tooth is really cool. And I love his character and the story. And I love the, what they did with him in, in Twist Metal Black. Like, just such cool character development. In such a simple, artistic way, too. Oh, he's so cool. Plus, he's probably the coolest looking vehicle in, the, in that game. Because, like, Warthog's boring. He's just a Hummer. You got the guy in the motorcycle. That's kind of boring. You get the Ferrari, the taxi. Really boring. Maybe Axel. Axel, the, the black guy. Axel is cool. I think, yeah. uh, what was it? I forgot. It. Was it Roadkill? That's kind of like a, almost kind of like a Mad yeah, Max like a, style. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one as well. If they actually, like, had the dents and dings and stuff like that, that'd be yeah, pretty dope. Yeah. I'm all about this. That'd be super dope. Yeah. Um, my number two is Tetris. Imagine you buy Tetris, you get yourself the young soundtrack. They give you some some sort of like play. Obviously, everybody wants to listen to the Tetris soundtrack. But on top of that, they give you the Tetris board game that hasn't come out yet. And essentially, you you are playing Tetris in real life. So you have this 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 sort of wall, and you have something that has random pieces in it. And maybe there's like a shoot that drops down that tells you your next piece. And when you draw that one, the next <laughs> one falls down. And you sit there and actually play Tetris. And there's like a buzzer <laughs> that if you don't play a piece within the amount of time, you lose. And maybe the game has sensors to let you know if you failed or whatever. And then when you get a direct line, the the line drops down or something. I don't know. I think it'd be super. Yeah, cool that's pretty elaborate. Something. That's pretty elaborate. It is. But if they do it well, I'm all about it. <laughs> it'd so. be pretty killer if they could. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, my 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 last one is Turtles in Time. Okay. And it's going to come with a. It's going to come with a comic book. It's going to come with the Turtles in Time comic book. And a big ass diorama of the Ninja Turtles fighting bad guys in a with one of the sweet backgrounds from the game. Oh yeah, and and come on, Robert, and they and, partner with your local pizza place and get you a gift card for pizza. Dog. Oh come yeah, on. pizza gift card. That's come true. On. Actually, now that I think about it, and maybe maybe kind of had this like subconsciously in my mind, there was a. Uh, there was a toy that they came out with a while back, and it wasn't a diorama, but it was, I think it was Donatello or something like that. It was like one or a couple of the Ninja Turtles from Turtles in Time. Okay. Um, kind of like, that's all I really remember. <laughs> so I had this sick, nasty, I had, two, I had a bunch of Ninja Turtle toys as kids. I had these sewer pipes that were awesome. You could actually connect them. I had a Technodrome oh, wow. that actually had wheels. Super dope. Uh, and my favorite one is I had a Michelangelo. It was like this really thick with two C's Michelangelo who had this pizza shooting machine on his belly. And you would put these little pizza discs in him and press this button. And it would flick them like four or five feet. It was so cool. I used oh, to really? flick him at my sister all the time. Yeah, it was so dope. It flicked his little pizzas at people. That's awesome. I, you can actually, I ended up putting dimes in there because the nickels and dimes are about the same size. Holy crap. They, you could hurt somebody with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing I was looking for. It looks like, um, I think the background on on this is fake, so I didn't think it actually. I don't think it actually came with any sort of background like this. But uh, it was the uh, Turtles in Time. It was all the Ninja Turtles as well as Shredder and a few bad guys. Uh, oh man, I remember the Shredder model. I used to think that was so cool looking. Yeah, it is. Oh my god, that is really cool. Looking. I love the background. 
Yeah, but I think the background, I'm not sure if the background's real or if that's just something that they put behind the... Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like the display. Yeah. That is actually very artistic. So they basically used, they, they used like almost 64-bit graphics. Or not 64, 16-bit graphics. Is it 16-bit? Super Nintendo was 16. Oh, this is Super Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 16-bit graphics, the, the shading on the characters have like the look of 16-bit graphics. <laughs> yeah, Super yeah, yeah. cool. Pretty That's awesome. awesome. So, so basically this is what I would... It's what I was I saying, like, I guess. No, I think this is one of the most valuable things we've talked about so far. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, except that somebody else already came up with it, apparently. Oh, Robert. <clears throat> now, right. Number one, You're number Final one. Fantasy Tactics. You got a couple of things I, Ooh, I was thinking of. Maybe okay. maybe get yourself a chess set. Oh, shit. <laughs> right? So you get, like, Delita's the king. Well, I'm not going to spoil any characters. So maybe the main female protagonist is the queen and Delita, who's the one of the main um, guys on your side. He is, you know, the king, and you can have the pawns be different, very different characters throughout the game because there's some default looking characters. I think it'd be really cool to get some like that because obviously, if you haven't played Final Fantasy Tactics, it's played on a grid. So a grid, you know, chessboard. I kind of kind of see the synergy. I think would be super cool. Um, I would love if they would give a a book of lore, so something that actually goes in depth to talk about some of the characters' background, give you a little bit of take on who they are and what their personalities are like. And then I would love to have a monster uh, bestiary type book. So it gives you a description of all the monsters, maybe all the classes in the game to give you a little more background with visual, a lot of art. I would love to see something like that. And then I would love if they gave a, an orchestra performed soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Or like, or, or just something that's just all violin or piano or something. Cause the soundtrack to this game is ungodly. And to hear this in orchestra quality, would be like, Oh, like it'd be just ridiculous. So yeah, I, I think any one of those or all of those, just take my money. Just shut I think up that'd and be take sweet. my money. I think the uh, the chessboard is a sick idea, or yeah. any or any like kind of like figurine of maybe one of the bosses or something. Oh yeah, there are certain bosses in that game are super cool, especially the Zodiac yeah. ones. Oh yeah. man, yeah. All right, that's my number one. Awesome lists. Woo! This was a fun one. I liked it. It actually turned out. At first, I was like, "Oh, I'm struggling," and then the second I got one, it was like, "Boom, boom, 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 boom." Very nice. Well, the next top five that we're going to do is we decided to uh, go back and revisit an old top five that we did. And for uh, episode number five of the Classic Gaming Podcast, this was one of the very first. It wasn't the first top three, but I think it was the second or maybe the third. We did uh, that times it was top threes. We did top three boss battles. We're going to do top five boss battles without going back and listening to what we... uh, Originally said, even though Jay and I both noted that we actually remember what my number one was. Yep. Um, but anyway, we're going to go, we're going to do top five boss battles. And then also we're going to do them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go after I come up with my list, I'm going to write down what our lists were to see if they are, to see how different or similar they are from uh, what we originally came back, came up with back in damn 2014. <sighs> Yeah, that's crazy, actually. Holy shit. <laughs> that's nuts. So, uh, anyway, bottom line is top five boss battles is our is our next top five. Cool. All right, Jay, time for oh. emails. I already got the Google Doc open. I say emails, but I meant email singular. Unfortunately, <gasps> this time. 
I'm sorry to all of our listeners that the rest of our listeners have let you down. That you have let yourselves down so badly. I actually said something like that at work. We were I was doing this this thing for <laughs> for my job where I'm trying to do some collaboration and and we're doing an outing event and I was trying to get suggestions from everybody and I was like, guys, if we don't come up with something, we're just not going to do anything. And the next day, I'm like, all right, well, sorry, but it's your own fault. I didn't get any suggestions, so we're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways, uh, I so, can if you want. Uh, okay, sure. I'll get. I'll pass it off to you. Here, I'm just gonna put it in. Um. Oh, what? I have the Google Doc open and I'm right. being responsible, Robert. I know, but this doesn't require Google Doc. I'm sorry. This, yeah, is, from, I need you this is from Chase the Night Cleaner and the subject line is, I record tonight too! Exclamation Oh, mark. buddy. You got this. You didn't paste it. I did. What? You're in the wrong Google Doc then. Did we use a new one? No, I, put it, I said I was going to put it in Discord. Oh, I thought you said, man, you're such a troll. I did all this work too. Wait, where? Why did I get notifications? Oh, I have you blocked. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I went into the Google Doc and wrote balls in all capitals, but you wouldn't go to the Google uh, Doc, so whatever. Uh, Chase. Troll. I know, you're the worst kind of person. Chase the Night Cleaner says, hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here with another last minute email. This one will be really quick as I have to get my kids to bed and also record tonight. So let's jump into the question of the day. Have you ever had ever had a pre-podcast ritual and if yes what is it oh, i don't think we're allowed to oh <laughs> i'm just kidding um quote just kidding not really i usually make coffee get water um i usually try to drink a lot of water beforehand and pee just so that's I funny i drink a lot of water beforehand too because usually i'm Usually what I do is I drink, uh, I wouldn't call this a, a ritual just so much as what I typically yeah. do. Usually I'll have like a little bit of whiskey right beforehand and then I drink a beer throughout the podcast. So just to stay hydrated uh, because I am 36 and I get dehydrated super easily. Now for some dumbass reason, I uh, will drink a whiskey beforehand and then I'll drink a beer during the podcast. And so I will also like drink a ton of water right before the podcast also. And then yeah. grab a water to have with me during the podcast. Just to, just to stay, I usually uh, have to pee really bad by the end. Just keep the, the fluids going. I uh, typically, again, not a ritual, but I would. But typically, how it goes for me is, my daughter goes to bed around eight thirty, and we start recording about thirty minutes after that. So I get her to bed, hang out with my wife for fifteen or twenty minutes, then come back to uh, the back of the house from my offices, get my shit hooked up, and uh, go ahead and like get on Discord. And then Jay and I talk for a few minutes, and I uh. We do like a test recording, so I make sure that our both of our volumes are are fairly equal, and then we figure out what the next top five for the next episode is going to be, so we don't have to pause in the middle and figure that out. And then we just kind of chat about whatever, usually usually about UFC related yep. stuff, and then we get going. Yeah, and I would say the only other thing I do is I usually freak out right before I do the podcast and double check that my game is from the 2005 era because I usually forget. <laughs> And then I usually validate my top five and make sure that there's nothing else I wanted to add to it. Oh, That's I've got usually... I, I've got one. I know what, what I know what your uh, top five ritual is. Uh, typically, about I'd say I'd say about ten hours before we record the podcast, you text to me and say, "What is top five? That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Or I ask you to help me with the top five because I'm struggling to find something for it. <laughs> Usually once I get like one, I can just run with it from there. 
It's usually once I get it, it's either either get zero or five. Like that's usually where my head's at with the top five. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, hopefully that answers your question, Chase. Chase says, and that is it for me today. This section has been hopping lately, so hopefully my weak email doesn't get noticed. No, Chase, it's yeah, definitely not the it's only. It's not thing hopping this time. Yeah. Good luck today with recording, and always remember to back up that audio. Thanks again for all you do. Regards, Chase, the night cleaner, sent from my Yahoo Mail on Android. <laughs> Thank you, Chase. Thank you very much, Chase, and nobody else. Yeah. Nobody uh-huh. else. Uh, all right. Jay, any um, current gaming subcast? I think you got. I beat Cuphead. You oh, finally did you? Yeah, I finally beat the last boss this week. I, I was pacing myself. It's a very fun game. I paced myself quite well uh, on the game. I died a total of 297 times before I beat the last boss. Uh, I'm playing an expert now. I've killed two or three bosses. I actually like the ramp up from normal to expert. The basically they they thin the margin of error that you can have. That's It's not like they add all these stupid-ass mechanics and make it visually unreadable, which I was really nervous about. It's just they kind of sped things up a little bit, tightened up certain areas, okay. and maybe overlap certain mechanics to make it a little more challenging. But the game still maintains this just epic journey, amazing music, visuals out the yang, and just this, like, I, I have gotten a lot more frustrated in Expert for sure, but it's still very enjoyable as long as I spend, like, 30, 40 minutes playing and then stop and then go back to it. Definitely worth 20 bucks. Uh, one of the games I've spent the most time on my Switch already. So um, it's an awesome game. Oh, second thing, Auto Chess. I haven't even talked. I haven't talked about Auto Chess in the podcast. So Auto Chess is this new wave that is becoming really, really popular. I'm sure anybody who views Twitch or is well known within, like, I guess the online kind of competitive scene for gaming in general. This has started to pick up a lot of steam. This was a, a Chinese company built this game inside of the Dota 2 client, uh, which is free on Steam. And it's called Auto Chess. It's not really like chess in any way other than the fact that it is on a chess board or a checkers board, I guess. And then you have units that sort of position themselves on them. But essentially the game the game starts and you are given $1 and you are you face PvE three times and then you start facing other people. There's eight people in the game and everybody draws from the same minion pool. And essentially, at the beginning of every turn, you are you are uh, allowed to purchase one, or you can purchase any amount of the five units that they give you. So every round, they give you five new units to look at, and you get to purchase however many you can afford. And then you put them in uh, into combat, and they fight. And if you win, you get stuff. If you lose, you don't get stuff. And if you lose a lot, you start to get stuff because you go on a losing streak. That's kind of the general gist of the game. Uh, when you acquire three of a three of a kind, they combine into a more powerful version. And then if you combine three of the more powerful versions, they go into an even more powerful version. And that's about, the, I'm not going to go too much more into that because there's just a massive, massive variety of, of strategy and skill and just in-depth strategy. Actually, the one last thing is the units all have a category. They're categorized by race and class. And when you combine a certain number of, uh, of different types of each class or race, you get what is called a synergy, which makes your army more powerful. And so your, your goal essentially is to have a very powerful army, right? So you have to synergize both race and class. And then there's certain anti-synergies that you can do. And there's just all this strategy and depth to it. It is an unbelievably fun uh, game mode. Uh, the designers did a great job. They're doing a great job balancing, tweaking it. They're patching constantly. I will say the fact that it's in the Dota 2 client sucks ass because it crashes a lot and has a lot of numerous issues. But I will say for something that's building a client that is Dota 2, really fun game. It's going to be something, I think, for sure. I think it's going to be not as big as the Battle Royales, the Dotas, the Leagues, the MOBA stuff type game, but I think it will be a staple in the, the competitive scene. Super duper fun. I know you've played a little bit. I know it was probably overwhelming because you played one game, 
But yeah, initial thoughts. Uh, I think it's really cool. The only reason, on it, actually, I I would have played a lot more of it. We we played it what about a week ago? I guess or maybe a little less. Yeah. Last week, um, I think. I would have played more since then if I wasn't playing other stuff instead. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool, but like you, kind of like we sort of talked about this as we were doing it. But I basically just like did what you told me to. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really it play was much. A learning curve. But I, I kind of see where it's going, and I, and I think it's a. Uh, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. My brother and I, I've played Dota 2 44 hours in two weeks playing this. It's very fun. And every game, when you exit the game, you're like, damn it, I lost. And you get really annoyed. And then you're like, yeah, but if I queue up a game, I wonder what the store is going to have in it. Okay, okay, I'll queue one more. And then it's like, holy shit, it's 1130. I have to work tomorrow. Okay, I need to go to bed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I know the feeling. It's a super duper fun game. <laughs> very good. Uh, I have been playing Hearts of Iron 4. This is a par- oh, I saw you played that on Steam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a Paradox Grand Strategy game. Uh, I may have mentioned this last time. So, Imper- I, I know that I talked about Imperator Rome, which just came out from Paradox, and really did not live up to what you would expect from a Paradox game. Uh, but for some reason... I was like, you know what? Some reason right after playing that, I, I played it for a little while and just didn't really like it. I was like, I'm going to give Hearts of Iron 4 another try because I owned it. And I think about it. So it came out in 2016. I think I may have bought it in like 2017 or something like that. And uh, I didn't really get into it. I think I sort of got a little bit overwhelmed by all the systems in it. And maybe I just didn't feel like playing a, uh, a game like this at the time. It, it is a uh, it's a World War II grand strategy game uh, and it actually i think a better way of describing it a better way to, than 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 calling it a strategy game i would i would call this a world war ii simulator just because mm. of how kind of how deep all the systems are involved with it uh so i gave this i for whatever reason felt like giving this one another shot and actually you know what may what may have kicked me into giving another shot was uh there's a there's a youtuber slash twitch streamer named quill 18 and he does a lot of games like this he plays basically all of the paradox grand strategy games he also plays dwarf fortress and and stuff like that and he did he just released a a massive tutorial for hearts of iron 4 it's seven like 40 minute long episodes of just how to play the game. And that's exactly how Europa Universalis 4 is as well. He did the same thing for that game. And it was, that one was eight, like 45 minute long uh, videos for a tutorial for the game. And that's wow. honestly, it takes that much just to learn all the systems of the game. So he, he went and did the same thing for this one. And I watched through him and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this another shot. And uh, this time I'm really, really enjoying it. This game does get a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of, there are some complaints from like the diehard Paradox players who, I don't know, I, I think some of the complaints about this game are that the AI isn't great and that in some situations it's easy to trick them into kind of throwing uh, tons and tons of troops against like a very well defended point. So you like just kill a bunch of their guys. Um, but kind of with that stuff out of the way, at least what I've been playing so far, this is a really cool game. And I think what it, I think the reason why 
I, I think what makes it so cool is because it's not like it's not so focused on okay on 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 micromanaging your units. It's more focused on the broader kind of macro scale stuff like are we making do we have enough factories to produce equipment? Do we have enough civilian factories to produce goods for our citizens as well as to create more infrastructure for our country? And then there like like there's there's various tech trees and typically you're researching three or four things at a time. And you can be upgrading your Navy or your infantry or your Air Force or your infrastructure or not any specific technology, but just advancing specific doctrines for maybe your Navy. Like we're going to we're not going to necessarily make better ships right now, but we're going to focus on creating better tactics for our ships. And then each individual part of the game has has kind of so much going on making sure that you have basically an efficient pipeline to getting uh, reinforcements to your troops, getting equipment to your troops, getting the correct kind of units out on the field, getting the the right kind of uh, composition for your air force, having your different ships in your Navy doing the correct types of missions in various parts of the sea. It's just, there's so much going on that it really feels like, Damn, I'm in charge of like you know a country, and I'm really doing kind of uh, not 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 the things that someone in charge of a country would actually do because obviously they don't have this type of control over every individual aspect. But it's more like it, it's not so focused on it's not like Star Starcraft where it's like oh I gotta you know make this build exactly right and focus on this and really be be intensive on my macro and micro at the same time. This one's more like I have to come up with a very good, broad strategy for the country, make sure everything's in place, and then everything more or less kind of takes care of itself from there. So, another thing, I guess another, uh, just to add one more thing on that, another really cool thing about it is what's really fun about basically all of the, uh, particularly the historical paradox grand strategy games, which is, it's really cool to see kind of what alternate histories you can make. You can start off as Germany. You can start off as you can start off as any country that you want to, and try to do something different than what happened in history, and kind of just see what see what ends up happening because of that. And it's really cool to you know after the game's over, take a look at the world map and see who controls what you know parts of what continents and that kind of stuff, and see how things turned out differently from how they did did in real life. It's uh it's really fun, but it is a huge investment as far as uh just learning the systems of the game. There's still, there's still plenty of stuff that I'm, that I'm still in the process of figuring out, but this time I'm really, really having a lot of fun with it. I've played as the Soviet union so far. And currently I'm playing, uh, well that game I'm still working on. I actually failed very badly in that game. And right now the Soviet union has been taken over by uh, fascist Japan. And I am actually a puppet nation of Japan and like 5% the size of the country that I started off with. So I really did terrible in that one. But uh, I also have a second game going where I'm pl- where I'm actually playing as Japan and uh, kind of doing a whole entirely different strategy um, as them, as you would have to, because it's a very, very different country. So hmm. anyway, really, really fun game. If you have the patience for it, if you have the time to watch seven 
40 minute tutorials to learn actually how to play the damn thing then uh for me i i really think it's cool so far would you say it's super duper fun or i would say that yeah okay just making sure yeah no that's i would say it. yeah i think that's fair all right jay i think that wraps up episode number 128 of the class gaming podcast boom boom there it is follow us at class games cast you can follow me i'm at king octavius send us send us some freaking emails to mail yeah, us or we'll start emailing you yeah or we'll start emailing, or also i have some of your email addresses i'll, I'll email you i'll do it um mail it's a real threat mail at classic gaming uh podcast.com uh quick reminder that our game of the quarter for this quarter is diablo one we are going to be discussing that sometime probably near the end of june so uh if you want to uh play that game along or if you want to play that game also and send in your thoughts for that episode Go ahead and buy it. You can buy it on GOG right now, and uh, we'll announce what what the specific date of that recording is going to be. So you can email in your thoughts. Um, anything else? I think you got everything. All right, Jay. Thank you very much for uh for being on the you? podcast once again for being you. Yeah, thank <laughs> thank you. Thank you, you. you for being you. You're welcome for meeting me. Yeah, I can do that. And uh, we will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening.